Hey there, can you hear me? Yeah, just yeah, just give me a sec here. Okay. I'm not even plugged in. I had to stick around a couple of minutes. I'm changing desks again. Oh, okay. That's always fun. This is the fourth time I've changed desks in four months. Oh. Yeah. I see. I'm moving into the closet next. <laughs> I feel like it's office space. Oh, jeez. Uh, anyway, good day. How are you today? Ah, uh, you know. Seems like everybody's having issues. Yeah, why? You're having issues too? Well, yeah, they uh, switched my hours. Oh, no. Yeah, so now I'm working uh, Monday through, uh, sorry, Saturday through uh, Wednesday. Ugh. Days, though, or? Yeah, it's still days, but, you know, it's 8 to 4 instead of, you know, 3.30 to, or uh, 7.30 to 3.30, so. Yeah. It's a bit of a pain. That sucks. Yeah. Really does. Have a crazy day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really gotta. <sighs> <laughs> anyway, do we want to get into this shit? <laughs> Oh, I'm ready to, or? Yeah, I'm ready to. Okay. So, um, Corey contacted me with two headlines this week. Hello, everyone in podcast land. <laughs> I'm a little hoarse today, so hopefully I don't lose my voice. So, yeah, so what did you send me, Corey? All right, well, uh, this week had uh, two different stories involving a similar theme. I mean, you know, I think everybody's heard about the big one. Uh, the cancelling of Roseanne by ABC, which is, of course, owned by the Disney Corporation. And it's normally, I guess, not really the type of thing that we probably talk about, but, I mean, arguably, Roseanne is, you know, a pop culture icon within, you know, at least our culture. Well, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so... So yeah, she was, uh, obviously she was fired for, you know, tweeting on what she later claimed was, uh, she later claimed the tweet was because of her, uh, sleep aid that she was taking. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, she wound up calling a former, uh, Obama administration staffer, um, what would happen if the Muslim Brotherhood and the Planet of the Apes had a baby? So, needless to say, you know, obviously the ABC was all over that and very quickly cancelled what was, you know, probably a very profitable show for them. So, it was Incredibly a bit of a surprising... Profitable. Actually, yeah. it was like, I don't know, it, it might have been the top show. Yeah, exactly. So, it was a bit of a surprise, but at the same time, you know, definitely applaud ABC for their, uh, for their foresight and for their sticking up for their values. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, the right the right choice to make for sure. Yeah. So, and then what was the second story? And then we'll, we'll delve into the similarities between the two. Okay, so the second story was a uh, an employee at a credit union uh, wound up losing his job this week uh, for displaying a Walking Dead figure, little uh, Funko uh, vinyl figure. Now, normally that would sound, you know, absolutely ridiculous until you realize that uh, the figure that he was fired for was uh, one of Nishon's pets. 
which of course, you know, depicted a person of color who had his arms chopped off, his jaw chopped off, and had a loop around his neck that Jung would use to, you know, guide him around. But the problem is that he decided to display this figure without actually having any context to it. And I guess... Or displaying the figures that go with it. Yeah, exactly. So he was displaying this figure alone, and I guess the customer had seen it and complained to staff because she believed that it was a black man with a noose around his neck with his arms tied behind his back. Yeah. So, you know, initially I was ready to get, you know, upset and, you know, this is ridiculous, you know, this type of thing shouldn't happen, until I actually read the story and realized, honestly, I think the credit union in this case made the right choice because... So what happened to the lady? That's the one thing I, that was never released. I, they were either disciplined or I wasn't sure if they were let go or not. Well, the employee was uh, let go because oh, of, okay. yeah, because of the complaint. Um, it was one of those cases where he probably should have taken a closer look at the figure and realized, you know, the possible context that not everybody's a fan of The Walking Dead. Not everybody knows what the context of the figure is. Exactly. So he should have, you know. It's one of those cases where a little bit of uh, foresight might have, you know, helped save him a bit of embarrassment. It's interesting. So did you, so in that article you sent me on this particular one, uh, did you see what the employee had said about what what the figure represented? Yeah, well, um, apparently he had uh, actually received the figure from another customer who knew that uh, he collected them. Because I guess he also has... uh, in one of the photographs, you see Carl Grimes from the same series uh, on his desk as well. Oh, okay. Um, so, so yeah. Uh, so they so well, yeah. Well, I'm, here's what I remember. What was said in the article was um, the fig. Th- th- now this is what doesn't make sense, but the figure is representative of uh, a strong black woman. Um, basically, Michonne. She's like a kick-ass warrior, you know, she had to survive on her own and survive by whatever means necessary. So was it in Michonne herself, the character? Is, actually had it, the is Michonne empowered? figure. Yeah. Yeah. If he had had the Michonne, the figure was just displayed on its own with the uh, chain hanging around its neck. Yeah, instead of having Michonne with the figure. Yeah. At least it would have, you know, sparked some conversation between him and the uh, customer who had actually made the complaint. Yeah. But in this case, um, she just said that she didn't appreciate, uh, you know, the figure. She thought... Actually, I don't think he, she even really told him it was. She just... She, no, well, oh. there was... It sounds, like, it sounds like the conversation was very limited and uh, the customer went off and complained. I don't even think they had any conversation. They just asked what the figure was. Yes. And there was yeah. no real context given, but no real context asked either. Yeah, exactly. But so, again, I would, it's one of those cases where, a little, again, a little bit of foresight on the employee's part might, yeah. might have saved him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's two cases where, you know, pulp culture was, you know... I guess involved in the news and involving, you know, racism, which obviously is a big uh, subject of conversation right now. Oh, yeah. Which is... 
So, so when you brought these two up, I was like, what angle are you going with this? Because I'm like, this is really touchy subject matter. But oh. it sparked an anger in me. And the anger was, and I, I don't, I don't want to say this in the wrong context, so, but uh, very often people will take fandom things like comic books or, you know, sci-fi or fantasy, take it in the wrong context and it gets used to use for, um, you know, to promote racism or to promote something bad. And I don't like it when my stuff, when I say my stuff, I mean like our stuff, like our pop culture stuff that we love so much is used to tell a negative story. It just bugs me. It's like, you know, those are my toys. Why are you using my toys? Yeah, exactly. Does that make sense? That's, that's what angered me. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, there's so many things right now that, you know, where I guess, you know, the fans are being, um, being kind of hit by, you know, what's going on in the media right now. Um, you know, can certainly see, you know, Funko being embarrassed by this story, even though, you know, again, it was a sincere attempt to, you know, replicate uh, characters off of the show. But uh, apparently this employee has actually been received, him and his wife have been receiving death threats, even though, you know, he doesn't hold any personal racist beliefs. It's just he was displaying a figure, a toy on his desk that was, again, taken in the wrong context. Yeah, I don't like. I don't know what the right thing there is to do. Like, you know, I, I I've been accused of of things too, and I'm definitely not racist or sexist or 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 anything ist. Like, I you know I love I, I love everybody like maybe too much, <laughs> you know, thing, right? Like, I don't like personally. I don't see division because I'm kind of ignorant to the way the world works. Like, you know, I don't. I see someone of color and I don't think of them as color. It's only because we talk about it like, oh, they're like, well, what color were they? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Like, I don't notice things like that because I just don't. Yeah. Because I'm ignorant (laughs) to the way the world works and and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, I I, like I take offense if I get accused of something like that. And then this guy got accused of, of, of it, but it was because he didn't contextualize what's there. Yeah, exactly. He wasn't thinking in terms of all he was doing was displaying a toy from one of his favorite shows. I I think uh, personally, I think the person should have been allowed to apologize because he probably felt like shit when he, you know, it it went over his head because I mean, I'm, I'm assuming here, like maybe the guy's a full blown racist. I don't know. But if he wasn't and it was a mistake, I mean, the guy should be allowed the opportunity to apologize. I, I think. Yeah. I don't know. Again, in this case, you know, I think the uh, credit union did make the right choice by letting him go because, again, it's something that he probably should have thought ahead on. Yeah, true. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the Roseanne thing, there's no question about that. Although, she probably, you know, they probably should have, you know, muzzled, muzzled her a while back, especially after that Hitler photo shoot that she decided to have. Oh, my God, I didn't hear about that. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, oh that's going back a few, it, actually, it's, I think what really started kind of sparking, you know, some concern over, uh, you know, the show, uh, 
she had released a couple of photographs of herself dressed up as Hitler. Oh, my God. Uh, and then shortly after that, uh, staffers on the show started complaining about uh, her right-wing politics uh, seeping into the show. And that was so, kind of the, the, the that was the idea of the show too. She was a Trump supporter, which wasn't popular. Yeah. And then back in the old days when the show was on originally, she was a blue collar worker. Yeah. And it was a true representation of what it was like to be a blue collar, but in a way, like the show hasn't changed because it seems like it's the blue collar people that support Trump. Maybe like I'm not sure. I'm not American. I, I don't understand the uh, Trump uh, demographic that well, but it, the people that support Trump are probably not, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I don't know enough about Trump. Well, Trump supporters do come in all, they come from all walks of life, uh, from all demographics. I mean, there's a couple of very prominent conservative uh, people of color or persons of color. Uh, that uh, do support Trump quite often. Um, you know, it's it's hard to say what his appeal is. You know, being Canadian, but yeah, I don't get it. Yeah, <laughs> I still don't get it. But his, I mean, he is. There's still a lot of people that support him. Yeah, which I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to judge the U.S., but. There's, you know, uh, I think ultimately history is going to, we don't know how history is going to see his presidency. We don't. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> you and I yeah. talk about politics. It's like. <laughs> how did we get here? <laughs> to quote Robin Williams, it's like two lepers hand wrestling. Yeah. Wrestling. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, like, I, I don't know. <laughs> But I guess what I guess what we're saying is we don't support this thing, but the, you know, please be sensitive to 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 other people. And if you if something totally flies over your head, if you're as ignorant as I am and you don't realize things because you you're not racist yourself, um, it, please go like please be apologizing. Please you know let people know like. I don't know. Be sensitive. I try to be as sensitive as I can. And yeah. apologize when I say something that maybe is is taken the wrong way because it's definitely not intended that way. Yeah, I mean, being a cartoonist, uh, especially looking at some of the old uh, Meet the Greek strips and versus some of the ones that <laughs> wrote and never actually drew, you know, there's a lot now that I probably wouldn't actually put out there. Yeah. Because, you know, again, everything is completely changed. Yeah. Yeah, because um, you were, like, in the day, Meet the Geeks was pretty cutting edge. But you had some pretty um, strong opinions, I guess. Yeah. And, you know what, honestly, I've evolved since then, so. Yeah, yeah. I think we all have. Yeah. Um... So yeah, this kind of went right off the rails, eh? <laughs> Sound like too good. But the thing is, we both kind of agree. And don't be a dick. You yeah, know? Don't, just, be a dick. don't be a dick. Yeah, just don't be a dick. Be sensitive. Yeah. yeah. We've become soft. We're not edgy anymore. I think that's the issue. Maybe we need to be more edgy. Yeah, exactly. It's it's. 
That's awesome. Yeah, I don't know how much of this is actually going to be usable. You know, I had an idea, I had it all mapped out in my head, and now yeah, I'm just fine. like... We, we can, we can, uh, we can move on to another topic. Um, I, I, I guess I can mention a couple of things that have been going on with the podcast and get, bounce it off of you. Does this but, have anything to do with SeanMcGinnity.ca? Yes, you can find all news and updates related to myself and the podcast that features the greatly talented Corey, Todd, and Tracy on it, um, and rotational, um, episodes, um... Yeah, all the news is on SeanMcGinnity.ca. Check it out there. Um, but a couple things came up over the last few days. I've been talking to uh, Decibel Geek Podcast. Um, yes. We had uh, Todd and I had a little episode where we kind of talked about them and, and how good they are. They're a really good podcast, really promoting um, good music in general. And they had Winnipeg's own Brent Fitz on there. So uh, I had a big shout out to those guys for actually having a Winnipegger on there because Brent is like Winnipeg royalty. Yeah. Um, he's higher up for me. He's higher up the scale than like Burton Cummings is for sure. <laughs> like he's done, like he may not have achieved the heights that Burton Cummings did, but he's been very consistent in his success. I mean, the guys played for, you know, Slash and Vince Neil and, and Kiss and like, you know, Har- uh, I keep saying Harlequin, Streetheart and, uh, you know, like it's ridiculous. Is there any difference between Street Hard and Harlequin? Um, kinda. Like the main guy for Street Heart is definitely not the main guy for Harlequin. So, but I mean, oh. they're very similar music, musically speaking. Um, with Street Heart having the edge, I guess the big difference is Street Heart did sell a lot of their songs to mainstream artists. That's kind of the big thing. Right. Like, a lot of other bands have recorded their songs. And they probably made more money off that than their actually their actual own career. So, yeah, Kenny Shields is a bit of a genius. Yeah. But, um, anyway, so I've been in talks with them, and, um, fingers crossed, um, uh, trying to get the Dome City reviewed by those guys. So fingers crossed I've actually sent them uh, everything to take a look at and I'm mailing out a copy of the CD for them to listen to so they can have a physical copy because there's always something about holding that CD in your hands isn't there yeah exactly you know so I listen to my CD quite often yeah I listen to the CD more often than I do the MP3s yeah I do too but that's probably because we don't have uh, vehicles that uh, came after uh, 2010 <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, we still have CD players in our cars. I guess that mar- marks our age. Some people don't even know how to use a CD player nowadays. Well, I mean, it's, you know, like kids looking at uh, cassette tapes and going, what the hell is this? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, more kids understand vinyl nowadays than they do, you know, analog tapes. Which is kind of interesting. Would you go back to vinyl? Uh, We haven't really gone back to vinyl yet, but uh, I do have a couple of... we finally have the uh, record players, so we might actually be looking and picking up uh, a few albums. I've actually gotten rid of everything I had, which I kind of regret now. What was your first vinyl you had, you owned? Oh, God. Um, Do you actually remember? It either would have been uh, Michael Jackson's Thriller mm. or the Tron soundtrack. What? 
Like the init- the original Tron sound. The original Tron soundtrack. Yep, on vinyl. Holy crap! Um, we also cool. had no, no, we don't. Those have been those were long gone. Sold at a uh, yard sale, Damn probably it. in the eighties. Because cassettes were so much superior, so 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 much superior. Exactly. <laughs> uh, my first uh, album that I actually bought with my own money was uh, Kiss Dynasty. Okay. Bought it at a, at a yard sale for I'm trying to remember like two bucks or something or a buck. Okay. And, and I wanted it just because that cover alone. Yeah. Which is actually one of the most expensive covers in in uh, music history. If you adjust it for inflation, I, that cost they spent I don't know how much they spent, but ten, uh, I don't know I don't I think it might have been something like fifty grand on that cover, a hundred grand back then. Oh jeez. But I could see that. But it had I think it had a lot to do with how like completely out of it Ace and Peter were and getting like a proper photo and they yeah. used like the most expensive guy and then when they took the picture those were four separate pictures that they had to merge but they didn't have Photoshop back then Yeah. so they had to cut, cut and splice and oh god yeah, actually uh, one of the other albums that I had that I played quite often was uh, let's see if you recognize this Okay. it was a soundtrack for a movie called Trick or Treat oh my god yeah <laughs> I didn't the music have it on was vinyl, by a... but I definitely had it on cassette. Yeah, and I actually had that one on vinyl. Um, the music was by a band called Fastway. Yes, sir. <laughs> Those guys were awesome. The music actually, the music was really decent. I never actually heard any of uh, Fastway's uh, you know, regular stuff, but I really enjoyed the album and I guess the overall aesthetic of the film itself. Oh no! Yeah, everything about what that film was about like totally touched on every single touchstone for me growing up probably the same yeah. for you I'm guessing too exactly and, and Ozzy Osbourne as a preacher oh, like that's that's awesome <laughs> like that alone that alone was enough to make me want to watch the film oh and Gene Simmons is a, a redo DJ too yeah yeah that yeah. was yeah Ozzy and yeah that was awesome but um, just the general concept of it too was like I was actually you know it's funny like um, uh, I was listening to an interview with King Diamond this week and uh, that triggered me to, re- to reminded me of Trick or Treat I don't know <laughs> why but uh, do you remember now we're going back down the rabbit hole of <laughs> the eighties but do you remember <laughs> there was this album called Metal for Breakfast vaguely. So on the cover, it showed a, a, a metalhead guy, you know, leather right. jacket, probably had a mullet, I think, if I recall. And um, he had a bowl of cereal. And in the bowl of cereal was, you know, milk and ball bearings. And that's what he right. was having. Yeah. And uh, it, that, that was my introduction to metal in a big way. It had Merciful Fate on there, which is why I was remembering that. Uh, so that was my introduction to them. Uh, my introduction to, oh god, I think Kickaxe was on there. Uh, definitely, it was my introduction to Accept. Right. Had Accept Balls to the Walls was on there. Um, that was on everything. That was on everything. 
Yeah. There was so many, so many songs were on there were played on uh, the Pepsi Power Hour. Actually, I had the Pepsi Power Hour uh, music collection, which also had you know Kick Axe, mm-hmm. all probably uh, all those same bands. Yep, except um, Death Angel. Death Angel, yes. Yeah. Oh my God, which song was it? Uh, I'm bored. I'm bored. Yeah. I, I like that song a lot. I also like the other one they had, which was Voracious Souls. I don't know if you recall that one. That one was actually uh, a heavy, a heavy tune. Yeah. That's all. Oh, these guys are so good. They're still playing too. <laughs> they're probably 25 now because weren't they like? <laughs> they yeah, were they're kids when they came out. They were kids at the time. Yeah. Um. Uh, what else? Do you, do you remember what else was on there? Uh. Lee Aaron, Metal Queen. Oh, yeah, um, okay. And I think that was on Metal for Breakfast as well. Uh, um, there was a live version of The Boys Are Back in Town that I have never been able to find because... On that, a, on, actually by Thin Lizzy or by someone else? Yes, yeah. It was okay. uh, Thin Lizzy. It was a live version of The Boys Are Back in Town. And I have never been able to find we that version we again. We find that now. Like, we've got Spotify. We've got all these services. I haven't... You told me about that a while ago back, but I, uh, I think we, we might be able to find it now. Yeah, it's possible. There's Corey's lost song taking us back to a few episodes ago. My uh, episode that got banned from um, <laughs> that got banned from YouTube for whatever reason. Um, uh, you know what? Actually, all the songs you're saying on there were all the same songs that were on um, Metal for Breakfast because it was also. Um, Oh, Killer Dwarves. Was that on there, too? Yeah, Killer Dwarves were on there. Uh, I Stand Alone. Oh, good song. Yeah. I'm wondering if it might have been the same album, just packaged differently. Well, it was put out... This one, I think, was put out by Attic Records, which is, I think, Canadian. Okay. But it had some European distribution, which is why Accept was on there. Um, yeah. Anvil was on there as well. Mad Dog, I, be- I think. Okay, that wasn't on the Pepsi Power Hour. You remember that song, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's actually, it's the only Anvil song that I have in my iPod. Oh, okay. Is Um, my favorite, favorite Anvil tune, so. Okay. Um, Also, Thor, I think, was on there. Uh, No Thor on the Pepsi Power Hour. I could be wrong. I might have to dig up this Metal for Breakfast thing. Um, um, And there was a song called Metalhead on there, too, was by, but I don't think it was a metal band. It was a band. Weren't they like? Wasn't it like a comedic? I'm a metalhead. I'm a metalhead. Metal, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I remember the uh, remember the video for it. You know where he puts on a tattoo with a stamp. Yeah, yeah. A bunch of motorcycles take off, and he's riding a bike. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of a spoof of metal, but it got. I don't know if they were actually a metal band or not. It might have just been one of those, you know, one-hit wonder things. Man. All right, so now I'm getting an idea for um, another episode, which, which, which <laughs> we can discuss on the air because I'm not home yet. Um, okay. I think we should put a compilation together of our favorite songs from that era. Okay. Keep it down to, like, ten tracks. Oh, jeez. More than ten tracks, or maybe even less. Is that ten tracks per person or ten tracks ten all tracks together? Ten per and then okay. what, we, what we should do is we should create a playlist on uh, Spotify or Google Play or whichever. 
Um, and that will be the uh, Meet the Geeks slash uh, Sean Geek um, uh, playlist. Sounds good. Like, but it's got to be like I, it. Probably many of the songs we've already mentioned <laughs> just today. But oh, more than I, think, I think it'd be kind of fun, and we kind of make our own mixtape. It's going to be hard to whittle it down to just ten. <laughs> well, <laughs> send me the list. Do do your list and see how how well you do. If you get it to twenty, we're we're going to have a lot of crossover. I think, though. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, definitely. Well, we'll try to stick it to like '80s, maybe even like early '90s at the latest. But I think we'll let's, we'll stick to the uh, the metal format. Is that what we're thinking? Yeah, we'll stick to uh, '80s metal. And one song per artist. Sure. But maybe there's one. Maybe one or two bands might have two if it has to go that far. Yeah. All right. Well, I like it. Now I'm excited. I am too now. <laughs> I miss the eighties. <laughs> oh yeah, that reminds me. Uh, I had something for you. Both of us. <laughs> yeah, I had something for you at uh, KeyCon. I completely forgot to give you. Oh, what was that? I found my copy of uh, on tape of Guar's "This Toilet Earth." What? The uh, the original version, the one that had uh, the one ba- uh, one song that Guar actually censored themselves on. Oh. Uh, I think I, I, you've told me about this before, and the title might yeah, not yeah. be appropriate, considering how what we started the show with. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's listed on the tracks as BDF. Yeah, yeah, we talked about yeah. this before. Yeah, yes. we're not going to yes. say what that is. Um, anyway, yeah, Guar have. Um, I mean, we're both very we're both pretty big fans of Guar, but Guar does offend a lot of people. Um, yeah, but they they go out to offend people. Yeah, but I I think they're they're uh, they're not racist or a homophobic. Oh no, they've actually the had they're a actually, lot of songs. Humanist, they are the opposite of humanist. Why is humanist not considered a bad thing? Yeah, I shouldn't I be don't... the opposite. Like I hate humans. I am a humanist. Yeah, really, actually, they, go... they are. There was a lot of a uh, lot of songs where they were. They definitely uh, called out uh, Nazi skinheads. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know, very true. Uh, one of their early, uh, one of their earliest songs off of uh, this, to- or not this toilet earth, off of Scum Dogs of the Universe. Uh, you know, they actually execute a Nazi skinhead on stage. Oh yeah. By giving him one more haircut, real close to the shoulders, like. <laughs> but the, basically, yeah. Just for those that are offended by Guar. But please keep in mind that they, like I said, they're humanists, the, the, the evil version of that word. They hate all humans and especially stupid ones. And those are generally the ones that they um, go after. Like yes. like Trump, yeah, of course they're going to go after Trump. But they also go after other artists that have done very stupid or bad things. And they're not, um, they don't attack any particular group. They attack the human race because let's, let's, Let's be honest. The human race is pretty fucking dumb. Yeah. We are a horrible species. They don't discriminate. Yeah. They'll kill anybody. Yeah, exactly. They're racist against the human race. <laughs> yeah. So, um, afterthoughts of KeyCon. <laughs> well, I had a really good time, actually. Uh, 
I mean, the first night I didn't leave my room much because, you know, that whole social anxiety thing. It seems like the older I get, the less I want people. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the, uh, the Saturday night that we had, you know, I had a really great time. Um, it was just, you know, nice being able to catch up with, you know, Clay and, you know, spending time with you and Todd and James and... Yeah, but, you know, it's funny, though. Like, I think the most enjoyable thing was it was an excuse, really, for all hmm. of us to get together. Yeah. So it, it's not like, it's not like KeyCon itself was great, but it was because we all happened to be in the same building at the same time. Well, I think KeyCon actually, uh, this year was actually really good. I mean, it really enjoyed the, uh, really enjoyed the MCs, the Kamikaze Snowmen. What I saw of them at the was was really good, and I I kind of wish I could have seen. Did they end up doing a, a performance on Saturday at all? Uh, I believe they had a performance on Sunday. I didn't actually go to it. Oh. See, I think now. Do you remember several years back? I mean, we're always going to criticize Keycon, but at the end of the day, we we actually really love Keycon, but uh, we criticize because we love it. Yeah. But um, do you remember back in the old days they had? I think they did this, but on the Saturday, I mean, I know the social is like the big standout thing that they do on Saturdays, but did yeah. they not have a concert at the social or preceding the social? Because remember when not they had, like, didn't they ever do Not that? always. No? No. Uh, that was on rare occasions, depending on uh, who was putting the uh, social together. Right. Yep. So, no, that wasn't a standard thing. It was actually exception rather than the rule. Because I'm trying to remember, because I remember watching, like, Luke's, was it Luke Sky or Luke Ski? I can't remember. Luke Ski, yeah. Um, was watching him perform, and that was, like, one of my favorite parts of that of that year. Because it was, like, it was a concert. I, I like concerts. I like seeing people perform. And I remember that was a standout. And the social, for me, has never been as much of a standout. I mean, it's fun, but I'm not going to spend four hours at the social. Yeah. But I would definitely spend an hour at a concert or an hour and a half at a concert. Yeah, and again, it comes down to who's chairing the uh, the convention, you know, the concerts. You know, what sort of how they envision their convention to be. Right. So every convention is going to be different. You know, it's every convention is going to have its own idea, its own theme. Yep. And. I you know, think some, generally, uh, like, that Saturday, though, that is, like, one thing that they're always afraid to change. Yeah, well, I mean, the social's always kind of been a big big thing, you know, it's one chance for a lot of people to get out and dance, you yep. know, that, again, you know, they a lot of people, let's face it, managed people have social anxiety. They don't like to go to the bars with, you know, the normies. Oh, yeah, very true. The mundanes, right? So this is, you know... One of the big chances during the year to actually get out and do something like this without having to deal with, you know, the type of people that you run into bars. Yeah, the people that used to pick on us in high school yeah. and shit. <laughs> yeah. All the cool people. Those cool guys. Yeah, you know what, that's true. That is the thing I did. I do like about the social is that if I want to go to the social and dance and I didn't go into the social at the moment with anybody, I can just go in the dance floor and dance with whoever's there. Exactly. Like it's kind of like everyone, you know, looks after each other and everyone's kind of having fun together. And, you know, if you got nobody to dance with, well, you can definitely dance with people. Like that, I do like that aspect of it. It's a chance to be social. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, I, I think, like, I know the social has ebbs and flows, and it hasn't been as, as solid as it has been in the past. And I know, I, I know we can't have that like we had it before because of whatever political reasons and other stuff mm-hmm. um, that happened. But I remember back in the day, um, and, and not, not to diss this DJ, this DJ is doing the best he can, but it takes a very special person to control the dance floor all night long. And it's yeah. re- that's a really hard job to do. Have, being a performer myself, like, it is... It, it is damn near impossible to, to keep the crowd going the whole night and it's you know it's, it's a very hard skill to master yep. but i i feel like you know we're just like this guy's gonna get better every year i think it's the same guy they've had the last few years is that correct i'm not entirely sure to be perfectly honest i haven't uh been to the social a lot but i think having a dj that that definitely interacts with the crowd is is is, is a bonus. I've been to a, a crap ton of weddings since I married into the Portuguese community and I've seen great DJs and I've seen not so great DJs and every great DJ always interacted with the crowd and, um, and found ways to, you know, instead of just having people dance, like doing things that kind of force people to dance, Yeah. you know, uh, being interactive with the crowd. And, and I don't just mean taking requests. I mean, you're a showman in a way, like if you see like the DJs nowadays, the guys playing EDM and stuff, yeah, like it's kind of going more to that side of the spectrum musically, where you know these guys are interacting with the crowd, they're feeding off the crowd, and they're mixing the music based upon what the crowd is doing. To that's keep the crowd personality. Going. Yeah. yeah, and and that's really hard to do. Like if you have a DJ doing EDM and he's mixing his set. A lot of it, it's like a musician where you might extend this section a little bit longer because the crowd is really grooving to this section of the song. Yeah. So instead of just playing the song, you would mix the song and make sure it's extended because everyone's really dancing to that part. And it's, it's that sort of not just hitting play, but actually being a DJ that mixes stuff that's, you know, I think that would help help it get a little bit better. I don't know, and having karaoke is kind of was kind of fun too. <laughs> that actually could be fun to do again. But um, yeah, I don't know. I went into the social. It was in the smaller room, which we lost the big room to the other uh, group that was in the convention this year, and it was kind of I don't know. I that room to me feels like the social room, the one that we lost this year. And well, the social has actually been in several rooms in the Radisson's. So. Yeah. But you know the big one I mean, right? Yeah. I don't know. That room just feels... Has a different feeling to it. Yeah. I don't know. But I like to see um, having a live <laughs> act again. Like, having those two performers, definitely a step in the right direction. I think right. they should they should have performers every year. Um, in some capacity. Well, I mean, you know, the years that we have the Anna K, you know, it's definitely... Those were peak years for sure. Yeah. It was a lot of fun, you know. Again, she knew how to work the crowd. But she was at everything. Like, I yeah. think that they, it created a sense of cohesiveness to everything that happened that year. Yeah. You know, like, she was... I mean, not only did she do, a, you know, a crap ton of panels, but 
she also emceed every single thing, so you had that continuity. Um, we have a. Uh, did you hear who's doing next year? Uh, no, I haven't. I can't remember his name, but he's really funny. Um, he um, he was one of the minions the year I was a minion. Okay. Um, and he also ah, uh, he's always interactive. He was interactive in the masquerade this year. He actually tried to get the crowd to vote for one side or the other side. Right. For um, gorgeous and uh, oh, Charles Water. Yes. He's involved next year. He's the guy running it next yes. year. He yeah, has a natural... It's him and uh, Chad McFarlane. So who's... I don't... I, I'm sure I know Chad McFarlane. Uh, he's who uh, dressed up as Captain Morgan. Oh, okay. Got it. Um, that Back guy, he was Captain Morgan the year that uh, we were Steve Rogers and Crazy Brittany. Yes. Yes. So... That, so I'm actually pretty uh, hyped for next year because that guy as an MC, he's able to MC. Like he has, he has a natural comedic timing. Um, well, he's a clown. He's a professional clown. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's true. So I mean, somebody like that is helpful. And they don't necessarily have to be a celebrity per se. They just got to be wit, not yeah. you know, not to um, pull out of our uh, our geek pool or gene pool or whatever you want to say. But I mean, I think having Clay as a host or some sort of thing would be a good thing too. I mean, the guy's yeah. a comedian and he's funny, and you know, people know who he is. Like having that guy wouldn't yeah. hurt. What do you think of that? Well, I think we should make it happen. Okay, done. <laughs> We're gonna make it happen, folks. I actually really want to be a bit more involved with KeyCon next year. Yeah, um, so would I. I would like to do the weekend. To be honest, Saturday I didn't have enough time to do anything. I yeah. felt like I just did every, you know, did everything I wanted to do for five minutes and nothing more than that. So I didn't really get to get into anything. Um, but I also want to put out there: there is uh, the weekend after KeyCon. There is a festival in Ontario called JoyCon. Yes. And yeah, you've looks, been promoting that. Yeah, it looks pretty interesting too. And I was almost like, oh, you know, maybe one year I should just go do the other one. Right. Because I don't know if I can do both, and they're really too close together. And it's expensive, especially, you know, like us when we have kids. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, you'd be getting a room. You could actually drive there. Yeah. But you always have that option of going back home if you ever need to to get stuff. Yeah. So, I don't know. And I don't know if that's a social type con or not. Well, if anybody's been to JoyCon, you know, hit us up and let us know. You know, I, yeah, if anyone's listening to the podcast, because I, I know some of you have, um, please message us. Let us know. I'd like to know what the experience is. And if anyone that has gone, um, I would actually wouldn't mind getting someone on the air to kind of talk up, talk to us about it. And uh, I'll we'll put it up as an episode. Like, I, I don't care. But I would like to get a feeling for what that con's like. Um, and if it's worth the while, like, you know, maybe I can take some time off and go out there and, and go visit and, you know, represent, uh, you know, Meet the Geeks and uh, Sean Geek podcast. Well, we could always look at getting the, uh, the organizers on the air, too. Yeah. Oh, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, anybody from over there from Joy-Con, 
You guys want to promote the con. You guys are so close to Winnipeg. It's a missed opportunity to not promote um, promote it a little bit stronger down in, in, in Winnipeg here. Like, there's a huge geek community that uh, might be willing to go, you know, take the drive out there and uh, do hit your con. This is our call out to you. <laughs> All right. Well, I've made it home, sir. Already? Um, I'm not sure when this episode's going to get posted. I still have uh, um, two a more. lot of stuff. <laughs> a lot of stuff. <laughs> I did edit. Da- I did edit down the um, the um, the panel we did. Okay. Um, it's not going to be a great episode in that we had a slideshow at the same time, and a lot of the comments and references are to the slides that are on the screen. And there was a lot of funny comments that were made during the movie, which I. You know, without the movie, it's it's so I took that out. I've been kind of wondering if you should actually put together like a slideshow and you know put it up on YouTube. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. And where will you be able to find that sl- slideshow, Corey? Mm-hmm. <laughs> where do you think we can find that slideshow? There's probably um, a website that would uh, put that up. I I don't know which one it would be. Uh, uh, I think it might have been uh, SeanMcGinnity.ca. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so, you know what? Actually, that's a good idea because now I do have, in fact, have all those pictures. Uh, I'll, I'll talk to Clay. Um, the other thing I'd like to do, too, um, is I do want to take a, a, a look back at Meet the Geeks. And there was a few um, strips that we did as Mystery Science Theater. It might be fun to do a Mystery Science Theater as it relates to Evil Within. Yeah, that would uh, actually that could be a lot of fun. I think we have to like have the original geeks too, like, uh, but maybe not just the original geeks, but maybe get a couple of other geeks in there too. Or yeah. I don't know. We'll see what we can get. We'll figure it out. I think that'd be a lot of fun. We're clever monkeys. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm gonna let you go. Okay. Have yourself a good weekend, sir. Yeah, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye bye. See ya.